Good morning. Welcome to another episode of the Dudes of Davy podcast, otherwise known as the DOD. I'm here with my co-host Lonnie Greenberg. This is Stefan Miller, and we are excited for another episode where we're going to bring a, a different topic, and different perspective to live sporting events. So, Lon, we thought we would set the stage by talking about what it's like to be at some of your favorite events ever across all the sports. So, yeah. What? You know, being at a live event is a sporting event. There's just something different. I, I get it that television and surround sound and the whole thing has improved greatly over the years. And that's great. However, there's still no there's no replacement for being at a live sporting event and also unpredictable moments that happen when you're there with the crowd and everything. So what I think we're going to do today is get a little nostalgic. We're going to talk about our favorite, our worst, and even our funniest moments in being at a live sporting event all the way back to when we were kids. All right, so I'm going to start out by asking Stefan, Stefan, what is your favorite sports moment that you've ever been to? So when we were prepping for this, it didn't take a lot of time. Right. I mean, you, you dip right back into the memory bank and all of a sudden one or two pop up right away. Uh, and, and to my colleague's point here, being at the game, being in the stadium when the when history happens is something you never forget. So for me, my number one all time live sporting event moment uh, is the Aaron Boone home run oh, wow. in the ALCS in 2003 against my hated Red Sox and. I can only say that I was with my buddy Todd. We had always tried to attend all the big games, but that game and everything that led up to the home run, the, all the drama, being down the whole game and coming back against Pedro Martinez, who was left in too long by Grady Little. And we were sitting, I mean, I don't I mean, I might've been sitting in heaven. My seats were so far away from home plate, but I kept on calling balls and strikes with Todd. And we just could see Pedro waning in the seventh and eighth inning. And uh, yeah, the energy, the, the, the general excitement and anxiety that was throughout the game, because in the beginning we were losing the whole game. And I don't know if you remember, I mean, we were losing two nothing and then four nothing and then four, and then Jason, not, J Jeremy Giambi mm -hmm. hit two solo home runs, which was so unlikely, but that just kept us, you know, just enough faith and hope that you thought it could come back and uh, when we tied it up in the eighth was euphoria. I mean, beer and popcorn and everything spilling. And then in the 11th, on the first pitch from uh, the knuckleballer, Tim Wakefield, and Boone plants it legitimately three rows in front of where my buddy Todd and I were sitting uh, behind the left field pole. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was just one of the greatest feelings ever. It, it, of course, it mattered that we lost the World Series a few weeks later to the Marlins. But winning that game and continuing the curse for Boston, uh, which is, as you always know, is a double victory, was uh, something I'll never forget. And how about you? Well, let, let me let me tell you my small take on Aaron Boone's home run. So I was living in New York then, and I had just gotten home from being out and a little tired. And um, I was alone. <laughs> and I remember sitting in my living room like taking my shoes off. And before I knew it, 
the entire building shook. Okay, like I thought there was an earthquake from that home run, uh, and then I realized the Yankees moved on, and uh, that was that was pretty memorable for me. And I wasn't even at the game, and it wasn't <laughs> even on TV. But uh, by the way, you brought up something just to add on. You know, that was the old Yankee Stadium, yeah. and the old Yankee Stadium did shake. Uh, I don't have to tell probably a lot of people who are looking to listen to this that the new Yankee Stadium does not shake. It is built out of marble and, you know, Roman tiles, and it's gorgeous, and it costs over a billion dollars. And, yes, there is no roof, which, you know, I'll never understand, but there is a difference when you are in those old stadiums. Uh, I'm sure back in Philadelphia, you know, the old arenas where if you got the crowd excited enough, the cement, the bricks, things, you know, shook and you could, that energy would just pulsate through your body and just create this sense of, I can't believe I just witnessed history. That's awesome. That's a really good one. So my favorite of all time that I was at, I, I was fortunate enough to be at game six of the NBA finals in 2013 against San Antonio. And I did witness, I did, I stayed, I did not leave. I stayed till the end to see Ray Allen hit probably the most memorable three-pointer shot in NBA history. If not, it's up there. And what I remember clearly was the friends who we were with, which I I will not name names, they actually left at halftime because uh, one of their kids was acting up at home, a baby. So they left. The Heat were down, I think, 10 or 12 at that mm-hmm. point. The second half was a was a very good game, and the Spurs were, were still up four or five points with, like, I don't know, 20 seconds to go. And I can clearly remember seeing the trophy come out from the tunnel below us, and they started putting the yellow tape, yellow rope around the, uh, the floor. And it was like, oh, my goodness, like, this is actually – probably over and then we got really lucky you know Kawhi missed a couple free throws a couple good bounces rebounds uh Ray Allen hit and I mean the chain of events was amazing so LeBron misses a three Chris Bosh grabs the rebound a deep rebound and has the presence of mind to pass the ball right behind him to Ray Allen who took three steps back to the absolute perfect spot um as he's obviously practiced this many, many, many times, but it just showed his preparation for any situation, and he drained it. And that place went insane. I'll never forget just the shock and the craziness at the same time. People could not believe what what had just transpired. Um, so that was unreal. And <laughs> I'm curious, after he hit it, did you feel... Like the Heat were going to win the championship? No, because they still had to win Game 7. And, you know, Game 7, the Spurs were a very good team. After the game, you know, you started to see some interviews. And, you know, Tim Duncan was – I mean, they were just broken. So, look, they played a really tight game in Game 7. But LeBron did actually play very, very well in Game 7, and he sealed it. But uh, that it, it's crazy too because that shot changes legacies. I mean, it literally it changes. Mm-hmm. I mean, even even the last pod we did, 
I don't know if you can say very clear cut that LeBron's the best player of the last 25 years. Then Duncan possibly has six. But then the Spurs came back full force and smoked the heat the next year. So it's like, you know, would they have gotten next year or not? Who knows, right? Sure. But it was a very impactful shot and, and one I'll absolutely never forget. And it it, it kind of spoiled me for sports for <laughs> forever at that point. But I'll take it. Well, I think two important takeaways from that story, which are, one, and this is to everybody listening, ages 5 to 100, you cannot leave early when you are attending these sporting events. I know there's school, I know there's work, and everybody has obligations and responsibilities. But once you pay money for that ticket, hard-earned money, to go see your team play, don't give up. The game. I know this is cliche, it isn't over till it's over. There are just too many examples of ninth inning comebacks, fourth quarter comebacks, last 30 second comebacks that will change your mindset and mentality forever, not just as a fan, but also as somebody who, if you play sports off the field, if you do things in your own business, you just don't give up and don't give up on your team and just don't be one of those people that's heading for the exits early. Absolutely. Totally true, especially Miami. <laughs> Especially in Miami. Very, very true. Spoken like a true Philly guy commenting on Miami, which I like. Exactly. Yeah, well, we, we can get to Philly sports later on. Uh, and I think the other, you know, the other thing that you touched on, which is these shots that go in, um, whether it's Ray Allen's shot or Kawhi Leonard's shot against the Sixers a couple of years ago, these shots that miss and these home runs that miss and these plays that miss by inches do change the trajectories of careers, of franchises. I mean, it is remarkable what an impact these last-minute heroics uh, across all sports. I mean, this really does apply to all sports. Uh, it just changes everything. So, and that's why, though, and that's why we're talking about them. That's why they're so memorable. Uh, so, give me a funny one. You know, so that's your most dramatic. I mean, I don't know how you're ever going to top that. But give me your, give me one of your funnier ones. Funnier ones. So, I, look. I, I will start this out by saying I was very fortunate to be able to go to a Super Bowl, okay? But the Super Bowl that I went to was 2007. It was the Colts versus Bears in Miami, and I was given the opportunity the day of the game to go with a good friend of mine, and uh, we went to the Super Bowl. Amazing experience. Anyone who ever has the opportunity – to go without paying for it, go. <laughs> uh, so the game started out amazing. Uh, Devin Hester ran back the opening kickoff, and he was literally looking at the big screen while he was doing it. That was awesome. Uh, the Bears literally did nothing the rest of the game, and the Colts win the Super Bowl, paid Manning's MVP. But partway through the first quarter, it starts raining. So in South Florida, when it rains, typically it stops 10 minutes later. Okay. This was one of those rare events where it rained, not just rain, but it downpoured for three hours straight. Okay. But we're at the Super Bowl. And at the beginning, it's kind of cool. You're like, oh, whatever. It's raining. I'm at the Super Bowl. I don't care. Once it, it was also cold too. So <laughs> once it started getting to like the second quarter, the third quarter, you're like you're, you're sitting there thinking to yourself like I don't I'm not gonna leave early it's the Super Bowl but I really wanna I really wanna freaking leave okay 
the, the best part of the game, I will tell you, was Prince singing Purple Rain in the rain. I was able to, like, push away like that. any of my um, uncomfortableness till then. But <laughs> partway through the third, third quarter, actually, it was probably the end of the third quarter, maybe the beginning of the fourth quarter, the Colts were winning. It looked like they were probably going to win. Uh, but the game was, like we said before, was, was not over, okay, by any means. And I remember my friend saying to me, sitting behind us was Fred McGriff, who the crime dog hit over 400 home runs in his career. He's sitting behind us absolutely <laughs> shivering, freezing. <laughs> and, and I didn't want to say because I was invited to the game that I, I was ready to go home. But he, he looks behind and he looks at me and he goes, listen, the crime dog's ready to go. I think it's time for us to go. <laughs> so I was like, okay. I, I was like, you sure? You sure? So we left the game, okay? And I got, I got a good experience at the Super Bowl, but still, like that, it, it was hard to leave early from the Super Bowl. Uh, lo and behold, I, I did get pneumonia. Uh, for the next three <laughs> weeks, I was pretty sick. Uh, so price, all in all. Price you pay. All in all, it was a bitter, I would call it a bittersweet experience, but uh, definitely memorable. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that, that, I don't know what else to say about it. No, that's great. I mean, I think, you know, you have to look at these sporting events, and Mother Nature plays a role, especially for football and baseball to a degree. Um, my, if I had to look back and say, you know, this isn't a funny moment, but it's got to be one of the most dramatic moments I've ever attended was my wife, as you know, went to Michigan, and she's really excited to take him to the big house and see a game, and obviously we don't have kids yet, so you know, you're, you're, you, know, you, know, you feel free and spirited and excited. So we go for the weekend, and we attend in 2015 the Michigan-Michigan State game, right? <laughs> big rivalry, these teams and schools hate each other, and we go to the game, and Michigan is dominating, you know, we can't believe it. And, you know, they're going to actually win this rivalry game and move on to, you know, move on to maybe, you know, make a push towards the championship. So, you know, I believe this is Jim Harbaugh's first or second year, 2015. And um, you don't don't really know what to expect, but it's towards the end of the game. And this is the blocks pump game. And when you say that to people, they're like, oh, I think I know what you're talking about. No, no. Do you remember the one game that ended in the last 20 years? on a blocked punt with under 20 seconds left, and the other team runs in and for a touchdown to win the game. Now, understand something. This game was so over in our mind, the crowd was going so out of its mind cheering, that my wife started videoing the crowd in the last play, until all of a sudden you hear that thud, like the, 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 the dunk, <laughs> the ball gets blocked. All of a sudden, her camera goes down to my feet, and being like, oh no, and the crowd goes, when I say silence, there was 110,000 people, and all you could hear was the maybe 500 Michigan State fans from across the stadium going, no way, how did it happen? But you're hearing their words because it was so quiet. We were stunned, shocked. As you're leaving the stadium, it legitimately, and I'm not looking to trivialize it, was like walking into or out of a funeral procession. (laughs) Not a word was said. Nobody was looking at one another, except if you, you know, made eye contact, you just shook your head. The rest of that night was just spent very quietly trying to understand what just took place. And obviously, news article after news article came out about the craziest, most insane ending to a college football game in how many years. And yeah, that was my that was my big house experience with Michigan. 
I, you know, I totally forgot you were, you were at that game. That was your, that was your weekend in, in Ann Arbor. So, um, I, I was watching that game and it, it, it hurt my, it hurt my soul to watch, but, uh, that, it, now it's really funny. Right, 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 right. It, it, by the way, we should both. We, I should mention that neither one of us went to Michigan, so it's not like right. oh my god. Right. But it was a little bit more like, how does that happen, and how does the game end on that play? Right. So it was just a remarkable thing to witness as the home team. Absolutely. So we didn't we didn't discuss this so much before. But I'm going to throw a little. We we did a little bit, but I want to throw. You know, this is about sporting events that we were at, um, and I think we gave you a couple good examples of, of of some heartbreak, some excitement, and just the unpredictable nature of sports and just being there and the live crowd and that energy. But I think it would be kind of interesting. Each of us grew up in uh, look towns that have won some things, but we've had some some pain yeah. along the way. I think it would be kind of funny for us to talk about maybe our top two, one or two worst sports moments that we actually just watched on TV. We weren't there just to kind of make us realize early on how unpredictable sports are. And as <laughs> this was actually a name that we thought of possibly for our, our podcast, which was sports is pain. Um, so Stefan, what what is the most painful sports moment, especially maybe as a kid, that you that kind of opened your eyes to wow, th- this could go either way. I mean, that's a that's a tough one. Uh, as you probably know, I root for a lot of teams that don't win much, uh, which is you know to my loyalty and stupidity. <laughs> but as a as a diehard Jet fan, I gotta be honest. I mean, they uh, they they really do outdo themselves on a on a yearly basis with crushing losses and then wins that you just don't even want them to win because then you lose the first draft pick. So I would say growing up, though, I mean, some of the more painful losses probably were the Knicks in the playoffs. I can't pinpoint a specific one. Maybe I can. Maybe I could reference Patrick Ewing, maybe the player that I find to be one of the most overrated players ever in the history of the NBA. Maybe it was the finger roll that didn't go in, whatever. But... I would say that rooting for the Patrick Ewing Knickerbockers in the 90s was probably, uh, it was like pledging every season in the playoffs. And whether we were playing the Pacers and Reggie, whether we were playing the Heat, um, it just, or the Bulls, it just seemed like we were always a day late and a dollar short. And you just started to accept the fact that we were never going to get to the promised land. And I will reference, I wasn't there. But I watched it on TV. But as a diehard Knicks fan, when you watch John Starks take 18 <laughs> shots in game six of the finals against the Houston Rockets, and you believe you have maybe one of the greatest head coaches of all time, and he leaves him in at two for nine, two for 10, <laughs> two for 11, whatever, I digress. That was by far my most painful visual moment on TV. But in general, it's been my, uh, my, my Knickerbockers. Yeah, you so, like, I, I'm, I was rooting for the Bulls. Uh, I'll admit it at the time. Okay, Michael Jordan. Like, obviously, we all know. Um, so, Philadelphia sports. Philadelphia sports is a special sports town for a lot of reasons. 
Um, our fans are very well known for being good sports. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> well behaved. Yeah, we, we can get into that. That's a whole that's a whole podcast. Love Christmas. Uh, all, all, all on its own. Okay. WIP six ten is uh, is 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 not just a radio station. It's a place for people to yell and scream. Uh, it's an it's an anger management station. <laughs> uh, so look, there's a lot of things. Like the Sixers are are easily on the on the top. We usually have two or three of the of the top five worst trades in NBA history. Um, I won't get into that because it will actually make me really angry. I'll have to stop this. Um, the 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 worst moment ever in Philadelphia sports history, and I think it's universal for anyone in my generation, was the Joe Carter home run game six against. The 93 in 1993 against the the 93 Phillies and that team, you know that team was a very special team. It was the first team in 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 Philadelphia. You know, I was born in 1980. That really had a chance to do something while I was like at least cognizant of what was going on. Like the 83 Sixers won, but you know I don't, I don't remember that. And that one hurt because. Yeah, the Blue Jays were a better team, I think. But we were starting to come back. You know, we were down in the series. It was game six. We were winning the game. Uh, it looked like it was foregone conclusion, game seven. And Mitch Williams just let up a, a legendary home run that that just hurt me to the end. Okay? So that, that one hurts. That one hurt a lot. And... You know, I'll never forget where I was. I think there were a lot of people at a at a bat mitzvah, and apparently that that girl's bat mitzvah was ruined from from all accounts. And uh, yeah, I mean that's that that is the worst moment of my childhood. I remember the the '87 game where the fog bowl. That was I was seven years old, so that was like that was like really like an event where. I was really starting to get into sports, and that one hurt. I can remember exactly where I was when my dad told me that we lost. I was outside playing. Um, I didn't even watch the end because I couldn't see any of it. And he was like, "He was like, go outside, and I'll tell you what happens." Because like we couldn't even see the players on the field. So that that was actually the first one that it really like hurt me. But I I could do this forever. But okay. I I do agree that sports is pain is a uh, potentially a segment that we'll start to weave in a little bit more simply because it doesn't stop the pain never ends and unless you're a you know unless you're fortunate enough to be a San Antonio Spur New England Patriot Chicago Bull guy you know fan where you've had so much winning now look I'm a diehard Yankee fan okay but I can tell you that from 1976 to 1994 okay especially from 80 to 94 for those 14 years when I'm learning baseball and loving baseball and Ricky Henderson's my guy I mean, we, we couldn't win. Uh, we didn't, never even made the playoffs. Right. So I think, though, this is a segment that we'll weave in and out a little bit more, which is, you know, what's the more painful memory of recent memory? And uh, as we have some people on, on, on our podcast, I think they'll be able to share some good ones as well. Absolutely. And we're not going to have any Boston fans anywhere near this podcast because I don't want to hear about, like, the one or two Super Bowls you might not have won. Because of whatever, like I, I don't care. I don't care what you have to say. I, I do think that we're, we're probably going to have to, you know, really take a deep breath and 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 create an aura if we're going to have a Boston fan on. 
But um, I thought this was great, and uh, I, I look forward to the next podcast. And uh, I think our next topic, maybe we'll do a little teaser. Mm-hmm. I think, believe it or not, uh, we're going to talk a little baseball. We're going to talk a little bit of Otani. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, Aaron Judge. Yep. And uh, we'll get into, you know, we're past the halfway point. And uh, I think it's, I think baseballs do, uh, do some attention and love. Baseball's still cool, everyone. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is the DOD podcast signing off, and we look forward to seeing you next time. See you soon. Bye.